Cheers. Cheers. To the governor. Happy Halloween. Ho, 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 ho. All right. Ooh, eggnog, baby, eggnog. We'll be watching for Halloween this week. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Naturally. Yes. Spooky, but it's also November now, so Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because fuck Thanksgiving. Not really. I have no malice against Thanksgiving. We I just... should do the last waltz for Thanksgiving. King, we're going to have to plan that one for 2023 because your girl's already got oh, a schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We already have a schedule. We already have a schedule, yeah. Unless you want to reevaluate and find a new segue between Margot Kidder and The Last Waltz and get us to The Last Waltz by the 23rd. No. That's what I thought. All right. So let's start it off. Um, I have seen this movie. I have not. You don't know what you're going into yet. Shockingly enough. Yeah. What are your predictions for what you know so far? I don't know. My only real frame of reference for this movie is when the remake came out, like 2016, 17-ish, maybe. I know people were pissed. And they were like, it's nothing like the original. I don't get why they remade this. And that was the first time, like, the original Black Christmas ever even entered my sphere of knowledge. So you didn't know it was a remake? I knew it was a remake because of the way everybody talked about it, but I did not know that Black Christmas was a movie before that. Hmm. And then everybody made the original sound so great because they hated the remake. And to be fair, I didn't see the remake because it did not seem interesting to me that I was like, oh, well, maybe maybe the original is cool. Yeah. If people are writing this hard for it, it's got to be something going on there. It's... um. So I originally saw this back in college back during film school back when filmstruck was around r.i.p filmstruck oh my god remember filmstruck r.i.p we should talk about filmstruck we should we should do a memorial for filmstruck okay we're like four years late i don't care did you have a subscription Mm -hmm. first off okay cool that came at the perfect time because it was only around for a year or so and it came right when we started film school yeah like it premiered online when we started film school. It was perfect. That's fucking hilarious to me. Great timing of it. Um, anyways, it was on Filmstruck. I uh, watched it one night. I think I was with a group of friends. And funny enough, this probably isn't going to do anything good for you and your hopes for this movie. It affected nobody, but I loved it. I mean, all love to anybody listening that we went to film school with. I don't really judge my what I may or may not like based off of what other people think. I just... Do you not think our, our friends have good movie tastes? I think we just have very different movie tastes. Mm-hmm. No tea, no shade. Yeah, I no, just do. don't. <laughs> we do. Yeah. It's, that is the one interesting thing that we have a group of friends as very into movies but everybody's very different yeah Yeah. which i personally love i think it's a strength of our friend group is we all like such different things but we unite in the fact that we love filmmaking and right we get to find that common ground and there will be movies that i hate that somebody else will love and it'll open me up to an a perspective on that movie that i would have otherwise been completely closed off to so do you judge people for their taste in movies no not generally because i think taste is a largely constructed concept by people who want to profit off you um not to get too get deep down it. the rabbit hole on that one speaking of the mic tell us I exactly just... what you think <laughs> i yeah i don't know i don't i try not to judge people based on their movie tastes i think 
as long as it made you feel something and you liked it, the fuck do you care what I think? Who am I to be some paramount? I on judge taste? people based off their movie taste personally. I know this. I know I'm you better. Do. <laughs> I'm better the older I get. I think as anything, the more you mature, the more you realize, you know, just different strokes for different folks. But come on, like there are people that have objectively bad taste in movies. Well, there are some people whose whole lives don't revolve around movies. Which, like, they why just would you live... want to be that person? I mean, that <laughs> that sounds like dog shit to me. They just like movies because they're a fun thing to do on a Saturday. And I'm like, all right, sure. I If everybody was obs- as obsessed as we are, th- nothing would ever get done. There would be nothing else going on in the world. We'd all the just be watching be better, at least. movies. Okay, well, maybe... But we would have no infrastructure to <laughs> on which to make them. So people got to be into their own things. And they are. And some of them are just not movies. I don't understand. You know what's funny? Hmm. Movies are the career choice here, right? Love them. I get Fair it, so, though. Yes. I get it, though, when people are like, oh, I don't really like movies. I'm like, you know what? If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. I don't fucking get that at all. What I cannot abide is when people are like, I don't like music. I don't really listen to music. What do you mean? I know. I okay. I know what you're saying because like, music is inherently more accessible. It's been tied with us as. I'm clocking a solid twelve hours on Spotify every single day. What do you mean you don't listen you to music? You are clocking twelve hours I on mean, Spotify. That might be an exaggeration. How much but do we're you think? Easily hitting eight. Easy. You I'm listen to eight listening. hours of music a day. I'm always music podcasts. I'm listening to everything all the time. Jesus Christ! Love them. Eight hours a day? Probably. Oh man. Yeah, I mean between like the the pre work, getting ready, during work when I'm not in meetings, and post work, like going for a nice little walk, going for a workout, sitting I almost, on my couch. I almost watch a movie every day, or every See, other day. Yeah, no, definitely every other day. It's I'll probably hit 250, 265 by the end of the year. Ooh, I like that. I That'd love be a good challenge. I don't really ever. I'm so bad about that. I never clock. Why not? You, I, I mean, especially doing. I mean, I watch movies all the time. I don't ever yeah. log them. I don't keep track of them. I'm terrible about updating my letterboxed. It, it shows you a lot about yourself. What well, Letterbox like is it'd be fun. Nice to know. We are not sponsored by Letterbox, but we would like to be. Hey. Letterbox <laughs> is really fun because they show you if you're part of their, you know, their version of their tiered system. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, they have like the stats. Yeah. But you probably don't know this. They did this feature where you can look at, you know, they're they're adding so much data and they're tagging so many movies in this database that they can like tag out what type of movies you're watching based on themes. Mine are very interesting. Oh, no. Read them. Pull them out. You want me to pull them up? Yeah. Well, you're going to roast me. I think that's... Well, probably. But I still think it's interesting. I would say, can you guess? But like, you don't know how this, how it's set up. So no, you, I'd, I'd have, just have to like, read it out. I'd have no frame of reference for what they're categorizing themes as. So on my letterbox, this is mm. on my A Life in Film. Can you guess how many movies I've seen? This year or total? In my life. I've logged, which should be every. I've tried to log every movie I've ever seen. Well, from the point of downloading this, or have you like gone and backlogged the things you remember from your childhood? The latter, everything. Wow. Okay, that's commitment. I don't know. We've got to be over a thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. Easy. What are we? mm, 
I'm going to be weirdly specific. 2,763. I wish it was that much. 1,400. Ooh, okay. I want to hit 2,000 by the time I'm 30, but... I think you'll get there sooner than that. I know. I, <laughs> I, I definitely will. Um, okay, so for themes and nano genres, my top nano three genres. themes, the top theme is humanity and the world around us. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Little Mr. I like just watching the way people interact. This is fucking, it's just all Martin Scorsese. I, I, I hit this theme, this tag, and it just pulls up Martin Scorsese's filmography. The second theme to that one is gambling, casino, unpredictable, engaging, or drama. Which and Those I, are all one? That's that's one whole theme. And There's then, a lot going on I there. Know, unpredictable, then, though, would make sense. You do like movies that are a little kind of off the wall. Fuck yeah. And then the third one is, this, this could be yours, storytelling, emotion, powerful, poetic, or captivating. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely okay, yours. maybe that's my New Year's resolution. I know it's October, but... You should do it. Uh, my nano genre is intense, storytelling, compelling. That's both of ours. Yeah. And then the second one is feelings, powerful, storytelling. It would be interesting to see if if that is what mine are, though. Like if I got a letterboxed and actually I would kept love up with to it. see your stats. I would buy that for you for a Christmas gift. It's like 40 some bucks, 80 bucks. I don't know what it is. Those are two wildly different prices. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Can $40. You... I'm like, oh, I can justify oh, it. 40 for off. a year? Sure. Okay. 80? Before no. I exit out of this, can you guess the director whose movies I've seen the most? Uh, I, I can like also Scorsese's give you top three. Scorsese's low-hanging fruit. It can't be Fellini. Scorsese. Ah. Well, here's the thing. Right there. Scorsese's seen. Scorsese's just made more movies. I've seen all of Fellini's movies. I should Fair. have. It's Scorsese, Spielberg, Soderbergh. Oh, that makes sense. I feel That's like right. Spielberg's going to be top for almost everybody, though. The man's just made so much. Like, how do you Scorsese's not? Scorsese's made a lot, man. And, yeah. He's made a lot. Okay. Except that. Let's see. Anything you want to guess before we roll the tape? Well, before we roll the tape, now that we've gone totally off the walls and not introduced this film at all. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Let, let's, let's give the people a little <laughs> taste of what this movie is if you've never that seen it. That always helps. Yeah. It might might be useful. Uh, Black Christmas 1974, not the 2019 remake. My bad. I thought it was 16. It's 19. Directed by Bob Clark. Bobby. Who, I know that name. He's done something else. I mean, he's done a lot of things, but there's another that's Christmas Story. Story and Porky's. Yes. And Baby Geniuses and Super Babies. Oh my gosh. Well, I think A Christmas Story is the most notable one here. Um... Clearly has a thing for holidays, but two wildly different takes on them. Black Christmas is the story of a group of sorority girls who are stalked by a stranger during their Christmas break. And is kind of one of the first, if not the first, slasher horror films ever. All right. Which is kind of exciting. And before we get into it, remember, kids, the tagline is... If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. You ready to rip? What a line. Let's see Margot Kidder. All right, roll the tape. Take a proverbial knee. All right, here we go. 
almighty. Okay, Nothing I have five stars. <laughs> mess up my stomach with a whiskey later in there. Okay, five stars. Three, two, one. Ready? Three, two, one. I know mine. I feel like this is going to be the biggest difference we've had I, all season. I think we might argue, but okay. we'll find out. Three, two, one, four. Three and a half. Oh well, we're not that far off. Two. No, 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 no. I didn't hate it. I love this movie. I really, really, really like it. I think it just okay. Sorry. Let's 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 set it up first before I start gabbing. I've seen this movie once. You've never seen this movie. Correct. So you should start as somebody that's not seen this with fresh eyes. What did you think? Overall impressions. I think on paper, this is a movie that should be right up my alley and solidly enjoyed it. I think it's good. I think it's always fun to go back and I kind of touched on this with Amityville, but it's always fun to go back and watch movies that kind of jump started a genre and created a lot of the fun you know, cliches that we've come to know and love. I do remember looking at you like halfway through this movie and going, is this like the first ever The Call is Coming From Inside the House movies? And and I was like, no, no, you know, it's like, it's like a slash. It's the first ever slasher. You're like, I think this is where this is going. And then sure enough. Slightly. Which I love. I, I think it's fun. I think it's well done. I think it's shockingly well acted for a slasher film. It is extremely well acted. That Very. is a trend that could have stuck with the rest of the genre, but did not really. But I just, I think for me, the mm-hmm. ending is frustrating. Okay. You know, I always want to say spoiler alert, but I feel like... This movie has been out for almost yeah, 50 years. But I'm, I'm sure that most people haven't seen this film. There was also a reboot in 2019 that prompted a lot of people to watch it. So there was a reboot, because I think I saw that when we pulled it up. There was a reboot. I never saw it, because the first trailer for that movie gives away the entire plot. And I was like, well, Seriously? I don't feel the need to see this anymore. It also does not resemble this film at all. So, mm. Okay, well, the ending. Turn this off if you don't want to hear all about the ending of Black Christmas, the original. I think the ending's great, and I usually hate those type of endings because you're like, what the hell? None of this is resolved. There there was some... Okay, here's why I liked it. Because there are very few movies that genuinely freak me out, scare me, stay with me, all of that. This film does. And do you know why it does? Can you, you can guess it only. I mean, guess. I can guess, but I'd much rather just hear. Well, because it, it genuinely freaks me out. What freaks me out about this movie are the calls. I, and they are freaky as they hell. They are scary as shit. I don't know who was doing the voice acting on that, but there was something. You know, in editing these episodes, I've learned I need to, one, enunciate more. So I apologize, everybody that doesn't speak Blake. Two, cuss less. I'm going to swear here. So mother, grandma, both of you, if you're hearing this, I apologize. But I have to get my point across. That voice is fucking terrifying. There's this control on the pitch and the tone of the voice where it's like clearly that guy's having seven different people live in his head and can just fucking conjure it up. It's, oh my God, it just freaks me out. It is very freaky. And I I don't know. The, the more I sit with this, the more I think about it. 
the less the ending bothers me. Knee-jerk reaction, like, we are coming straight to the mic hot off the presses. It bothered me, like, when they first rolled to the credits. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I think my frustration with it is more based in, like, what I expect from a thriller movie now and from a slasher film. Because I have the whole genre that I know and love to kind of pull from. And a hallmark of them now is you get the big reveal at the end of who the killer is. There's going to be a resolution. Yeah, and that's yeah. part of what I like about it. I, It's kind of why I like mysteries in general. I like having an answer. Mm-hmm. It feels very satisfying. I'm certainly not the only person in that. Well, I've noticed something about you too is that you we were drinking the other day or something and we were just like at a bar talking about... I promise we're not alcoholics. Yeah, we don't do this often. You know what's funny? We're doing a podcast about drinking and I hate drinking. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And yet? You're you're like a casual drinker. You don't mind it, but you're like you're not like a you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like social. Yeah, I'm a casual drinker. I love drinking with a purpose though. This is yeah. kinda nice. Well, I'm like, you know, a concept. It's like movies and brew, brewies. Shout out to Hayden Subert for the original concept. I can't I can't front. This was originally Hayden's idea. We're just crediting him now in like the sixth episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks thanks, pal. Gabriella, I think was the person we were drinking with and she was like what is it that you how do you write movies on letterbox that was Mm, the prompt mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you said you went to the criteria of basically what makes a good movie for you and one of the things i've been thinking about ever since you said it is you said no you're saying stuff like you know like things i already know about you obviously because we're close and like we talk about the stuff clearly all the time all the time but you said wrapping everything up like like resolutions nothing is like left open that's a big criteria for you yeah which i found really interesting which i also think doesn't always have to be like a concrete answer but i want at the very least like a thematic tie at the end i don't know maybe this film does do that do you think this i was gonna say do you think this has that or is it kind of so so i think the longer i'm sitting with it and the harder i'm thinking through this alcohol the the, the more like I get it through that alcohol I like it <laughs> I I get it because I think it and I'm also kind of just like looking through the IMDb trivia and one of the things that Bob Cook Bobby baby yeah Bob Clark Bob Clark baby Bob Clark who's the director said about this is that he doesn't really see it as a slasher he sees it as a psychological horror film and i think if you look at it with that lens obviously it went on to be a huge hallmark in the slasher genre but if you look at it as a psychological horror film it's not about the killer it's about jess and peter's relationship which we do get some kind of resolution to although we don't but we kind of do do you think it was peter or he had any part in it no I think Peter was just a man coming apart at the seams. Like, truly just not doing well. There is just something unnerving about whoever it is. I don't know who it is. And something very unnerving about the fact that he knows there's no one in the house. But he still makes that final call. Like, he knows there's no one there to pick it up. And he makes it anyway. Because there's something to be said for, like, if, if somebody's really unwell, but they're kind of present... And they're making decisions because they have a a goal or a purpose or whatever, even if they're clearly split between a couple different 
consciousnesses. I, there's something scary about that. There's something horrendously terrifying to me about the idea that he's not, he does not know what's going on around him. He does not care that nobody can pick up that phone. It's like a compulsion. And also they, at the end, which we know watching the film, but like at the end kind of just lay it out in some nice expository dialogue where he makes a call after every single kill. So he's making the call. Did he kill Jess? Let's take it really deep. Let's go. Do you feel like you've ever, obviously not on the scale you haven't, but do you ever feel, do you, have you ever felt like you have truly witnessed something evil? Weirdly enough, yes. Do you want to talk? Oh, do I know this event? I don't think so. I don't think it's the event you're thinking of. Off mic. Okay. No, I would not consider that evil. That's fucked up for sure. But That's psychologically... Yeah, there's a lot going on to that one, which we will on. never talk about online. Yeah, that, that wasn't evil. I, I no. don't think... Okay, what do, you, what do you want to talk about okay, it? Okay, this is... You're, everybody listening is going to think that I'm making this up, but you can call my father because I called him right after this This is how I happened. know it's about to be bad if Greg is in on this and knows about this event. It's not even bad. It was just very weird. So I was living in San Francisco. This was during lockdown. And I was just out for a walk and I saw like halfway down the block in front of me oh i know the story yeah, yes this car because it freaked me i have never oh, had a car? this strong i thought it was this guy that chased you in like sunset or something no i've never had this strong of a gut reaction to something where i went this is evil and i need to go home immediately ever in my entire life this beat up van rolls down the street in front of me i'm not close enough where I don't know. It was just weird. I was not close enough where he would have noticed me at all. And yet as he drove by, his head like snapped and he looked at me and I took in his van and like it was dented. It was kind of gnarly, just kind of a junker. But the windshield was smashed from one point of contact that looked like the passenger side. There was like these, I don't even know what they were. They looked like claw marks. I don't think they were actually claw marks. Probably scratches from something. And then as he drove by, and he made eye contact with me the entire time he drove by me. I do not like this. I didn't like it at all. It freaked me out. But it wasn't enough for me to be like, I gotta go. Then I keep walking. I'm going straight down the street. He drives in front of me going down the other way. And I turned because I was going to a coffee shop that was on that street. So we're now like walking parallel to each other, but he's well ahead of me. And then I see him stop. And like fully look at me as I walk by the van, goes forward, turns the corner, goes left. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go right because this is where my coffee shop is. I'm sitting at my coffee shop and I see him circle back. He drives by the coffee shop, stops and looks at me while I'm in the coffee shop. And then goes back, like disappears. And I think I called Celine, who I was living with at the time. And I was like, can you just like walk back with me? Like, I don't. I, which probably in hindsight was not safe. I was just asking her to put herself in danger, but it was weird and I didn't want to be alone. So she came to get me and we were walking back together. And as we turned onto our block, I saw him and he was driving the other way. He didn't see us. We just got lucky. Drive, drove past us looking. Dude. It was, it was freaky. I didn't like anything about it. That is messed up. Yeah. That was, that is the like single most stood out to me in my life moment where I was like, this is evil. Whatever this is, whatever's going on in that van is evil. Never felt that before since. Would love to never feel again. I've 
had similar experiences where, well, I met somebody who I think is in their own way pretty evil. Oh, okay. You probably don't agree. I don't know. Evil seems like a, a big, but that's just my opinion. I've, I've had experiences where people were definitely following me. It was It's usually when I'm in a group. Dude, there's this one night. And this always weirded me out because we can never tell. It's basically just a very similar story to yours. I was 15, out with a bunch of guys, played baseball with, middle of the night. We're just walking around the neighborhood. It's the middle of Missouri, and we have nothing else better to do with our time. And we're walking around this, and it's like a nice neighborhood. You know, we weren't, it's it's well-kept and like not, it's in a good area. And, um, I, and nobody's out. I mean, it's the suburbs. It's like the middle of a weeknight. And we're just, you know, fucking around and doing whatever it is kids do. A car drives past us, and you're always kind of on high alert. Mm-hmm. And... We just kind of like, you know, we we just mind our own business. And it kind of like went slow, but and we could see there's one guy in the car. It's always a guy. Have you noticed it's never a woman? It's always, it's a, always a guy. fucking guy. Drives past us, whatever. Circles around, drives past us again. Thought that was weird. It's definitely not a cop. I mean, we can see the guy clear as day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding. There's nobody out. We're walking 10 minutes later. It's 10 minutes. Guy, same car, comes by us again. We're on a completely different street. And somebody just said... I will never forget my friend Drake. I can remember him looking at me and go, going, if that guy fucking drives past us again, we're running. And as soon as he said that, I'm getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> we looked and the guy is coming down the street and somebody went, fuck. And just, we just sprinted and we heard the car rev up. Yikes. Yeah. So we're diving. We're like ducking behind houses. And like we, I think we ran into like, you know, we lived on the edge of woods. So we like ran in there. We, yeah, it was really bad. Not a fan. So we always chalk that up to like, maybe it was somebody just, I mean, it wasn't clearly as scary as that, but maybe it was, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's scary. People regardless. following you. you people following you is freaky as hell. That is a thing that happens in certain areas that I've lived in. I mean. Oh, it happened all the time in San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> big culprit of that. I got a, I got a couple of stories of being followed by weirdos where it's just like, I creepy for sure. I don't, wouldn't go as far to say that I got like evil from them, but yeah, not a, f- never no. good. Yeah. These uh these movies definitely tap into something a little darker about, and that's what creeps me out. I mean, excuse me, that's why I don't really like a lot of horror movies because I think the majority of them aren't tapping into the real human element of what horror is. Whereas a movie like this, a movie like Hereditary, it just obviously they have their extraneous dramatic elements to them that just so clearly. I mean, it's not gonna happen in real life. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, however. I mean, this could. This did. Yeah. It's based on, like, the the writer. Dude, you want to hear something something really bad about both serial killers and being followed? Have I ever told you my grandma's story about the BTK killer? No. Dude. (laughs) Graham, if you're listening to this, you're going to get... You already had your movie deal with me. Now you're going to get your podcast deal too. Nella's raking them in. Dude, she was followed by the BTK killer in Kansas coming back home 
to Missouri. Hey, I almost want to get Nella on the mic and have her tell this story, but well, she it's my grandma, so she she tells her she's like, yeah, it was you know she like goes into detail about it, but she's so like she'll say it's in such a flighty way, but it's so messed up. So what happened? She's calling like. She's going on the highway. She's going down 435, and which 435 is a – it's probably not even 435. It's the highway. I'm really bad with highways. It's a highway connecting – that goes through Missouri and Kansas through kind of like this uh, south of Kansas City, through like the Lee Summit side. So she was coming back from some doctor's appointment or whatever. It was over on the Kansas side, and she gets in her car, and she gets on the highway, going down the road. And she notices this car behind her. And as all these stories start off, she doesn't think anything of it. But she said she just felt weird. Like she just felt like something was amiss. And she said, dude, that we should hear the way she tells the story. This car comes up. I mean, we're go- they're going down a highway. Matches her speed on the highway in the other lane. And she can see out of her peripheral, this guy is trying to get her attention for like 10 minutes and she's not looking at him uh, good honor doing everything to get her attention to like try to pull her over so it's 10 minutes goes by and she's like freaked and she has her phone and this is right before like cell phones were really big so like i think cell phones were just starting to come around she's like, i need to get home but she's also scared you know what if this guy follows me back so she gets her phone and she looks over and she's like i don't know what it was but just the way he looked i mean you can we're human beings we can clock that yeah. And she said later that night, or like a couple of years later, whenever they caught the BTK killer, she's like, it looked just like him. And it was around the time he was, you know, doing his thing. It's really bad. Not a fan. I'm glad Nella did not pull over. Yeah. Graham's a smart cookie. All right. Uh, we talked about being followed for the majority of this episode in Evil. Um, let's talk about Margot Kidder for a minute. <laughs> dude. Let's let's keep it light. Let's get to the real. Let's keep it light and talk about the alcoholic. The spoiler again for a movie that's almost fifty years old gets murdered by a glass unicorn. Yeah, which is kind of iconic. Look, as we're going through the Margot Kidder run, I still have not addressed it. She is so fine. There are there are a few classic movie stars or older movie actresses. I'm just like I've I've always been nuts over okay Grace Kelly and Bancroft fucking Jane Fonda Jane Fonda is still my all-time crush hopefully Liberty doesn't hear that (laughs) I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding Margot Kidder the whole the outfits in this movie how she's doing her hair yeah the choker she looks like she can Mm. beat anybody up Oh, my God. The little kind of unhinged element. She at one point just gives alcohol to a literal child and gets yeah, him drunk. Yeah. Smoking in every scene. Cigarette after cigarette. It doesn't. I'm like, oh, my God. She could literally punch me in the face. It's she fine. would ruin your life, but yeah. you might thank her for it. I can't imagine directing this group. Of, not Margot Kidder, but just this whole group. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I this was film, very impressed. This is the pinnacle of like what independent film can really do. And what I really like about it is that you don't need movie stars or name talent to really make a story. I think too often we get into the box with commercial filmmaking where it's, you know, because how you make a movie, it's, it's based off stars. It's based off name talent. And my dream has always been to make, just because how I grew up, is to make 
movies with people from Missouri and people that just don't do just don't act naturally. And not and all these people they're clearly trained actors, but they're not like, you know, the stars of the day. They're not like Ryan O'Neill. They're not these big names of the seventies. And they just kill it. It's one of those movies where I can't imagine anybody else being in those roles. Oh, absolutely not. No, I think it's it's really solidly well done. And what I appreciate about it, the longer we talk about this, she gets a four. We've mm. gone up half a star rating. Um, a four. A four now. I just love a film that swings big. Like, swings for the fences. I don't even really care if you miss. As long as the attempt is there. And you can... And I don't think this was a miss. It was considered a miss at the time. It did not do well. And it was panned by critics. But I think all movies that kind of reinvent a genre are. I love something that that goes for it. How about three-hour coming-of-age epics set in Kansas City? This man wants to make an epic so bad, and I need you all to lightly and lovingly bully him in the comments. That's a movie <laughs> that swings big as an epic. Yeah, but I don't. that's not what I mean. Just too much time on TikTok. You don't want a three-hour movie. Oh, my God. First of all, don't ever call me out like that. I don't even have TikTok on my phone. It's, it's not, I just, I think three hours is too long. I disagree. I know you do. This is one of the many things we go toe-to-toe on. I, I think in the case of 95% of movies, it is. But there is that 5%. But that's two and a half is weird to me. Okay, two and a half is a weird runtime because it's like, you could have been two, you could have been three. You gotta commit. Anything between two hour, 10 minute movie? Sure. And three hours I don't understand. That's the majority of studio releases today. Uh, oh, wow. And why? Cut a fucking scene. I We don't need all of this. It's no. so extraneous and like, it's too much. It's too much. It's 45 minutes too long. It's 45 minutes too long every single goddamn time. Okay. Hour 45. People give me shit like, why do you love old movies so much? Why are you always on Criterion? You know what though? You know what though? All those films are between an hour and a half and two. And you know why? Because they had to shoot that on film yeah you can just run some sd cards you had to run expensive film you had to be a little more economical with it and i think maybe we should get back to that i think two hours is fine two hours is the perfect amount of time if you really have something to say this film hour 37 and i really like you i like you it does not feel short it feels like it gets you where you need to go would have loved a little more resolution but that's fine that's just me it does give the characters time to become who we want to see them become it's really good hour 37 is fine it's a good movie hour 45 is enough what are you okay so this compared to amityville and sisters this is the third horror movie we have seen of miss Margot. miss Margot has a type is it your your favorite Ooh, is it my favorite yeah i think it's my favorite I would say it's a fave. I like it more than Amityville. You like it more than Sisters, right? Yes. Although I will say that as time has gone on, I I hate Sisters less. I don't think I ever really hated it. What did I rate it? Three? Probably? I think we, I don't know. Maybe we said two and a half. I can't remember. I don't know. It's grown on me a little bit. It's fine. I'm not going to grab it to rewatch anytime soon, but I don't hold any ill will. Do you ever wonder what these actors were like back in that day? All the time. 
I love asking you especially because you are always so spot on with anybody and everybody when I ask you questions about them. I'm like, what do you think X does? What do you think Y is like? And you always have a detailed answer that's typically, if it's about people we know, you're like dead on. I just think too much and I see too much. You're very good with human behavior. Yeah. I'm always watching. I think it unnerves a lot of people, but... I'm not well, trying to be. Put it down a recording, my friend. Not everybody knows your secret, so. Yeah, well, I think you spend more than an hour with me and you figure it out pretty quick. No, I don't think that. I think people don't know that about, that about you. They really don't. I really do not think they do. No, yeah, maybe. No, people are like, why is she doing over that? Like, people can't track it. <laughs> I'm like, a why bitch is, is sitting in the watching. All right, well, we're coming up on time. I'm just sitting here thinking about, I'm like, do you think Ali Pateros would like this movie? <laughs> this is the true litmus test. Would our friend Ali like the movie? Yeah, the yeah. Allie test. I think she'd enjoy it. I'll check her letterbox right now. I'd actually be surprised if she hasn't seen it. It is funny how, oh, perfect timing. It is funny how say? people that I'm so close to, we all have such different taste in movies. And we all watch wildly different things. I love that about movies too, where you can watch also the same movie and get a wildly different interpretation from it. We both like this movie. We watch this movie at the same time. And yet we have a completely different experience of the film itself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that's that's part of my... That's like my favorite thing about it. About le cinema? Indeed. Will it not let me see... I'm not a grandma, but I really don't spend a lot of time on social media. Well, you do know there, Chief. I'm hey, uh, John Luke Goddard. Died. Pour one out for the master. I know. Yeah. Sad. Were you a Goddard fan or were you like meh? I can't say I had strong opinions either way, but I did enjoy a fair amount of his movies. Is there a director that when they pass, you'll be very sad about? I mean, not present tense or future tense, but when Wes Craven died, that was a really was a sad day for me. That's yeah. a big one. I didn't love that. But I think we've done his legacy good. I think yeah. I fixate more on like, oh my God, there's all these directors that I wish I could have had dinner with them that have passed. I just saw, I don't know where I'm going. Or no, no, I know where I'm going. Good God. That uh, Powell and Pressburger movie. And I would do anything to resurrect Michael Powell and Emma Pressburger and just ask them questions. Oh, maybe she hasn't seen it. Allison hasn't? I don't think so. How many movies has she seen? <laughs> I want to be the person. Let's fi- Let's put her on blast. I How be many the... movies has she seen? Yeah. Read out the stats. It's just um, like a Marvel movie over and over. 684 and she's seen 89 this year. Interesting. That she's logged on Letterbox. To be fair, it says that I've only seen 10 this year because I never use mine. You never use that letterbox. I don't. I wish I did. I wish I was better about using it because I think it'd be fun to have like a little log of everything that I do. The stats at the end of the year are so much fun. See, that's my Spotify wrapped. She's a trip. I don't give a shit about Spotify wrapped because I'm like, I listen to the same six songs all the time. Like a monkey. Expand your horizons. I know. I'm just. There's a lot of good music out there. I watched a uh, Dave Grohl keynote today. What'd you think of that? Well, he just talked about his life and career he's a cool dude he's a great guy he's an amazing artist but i do find those keynotes funny where a keynote just like they pay you money to go up there and talk about yourself and you know you know the second somebody offers you the opportunity you're gonna jump oh of course they pay amazing yeah of course i would (laughs) i just i'm just saying you know and that's not every keynote that's most of them 
I like the ones that do that and they also make some practical advice. I think South by Southwest does a really good job about that. We should go to South by. Dude, I would love to go to South by. I can't imagine going to one of those festivals with a film. That would be... Oh, I think I'd just be so stressed out. You would be? Yeah. You'd be good. I think I'd be the one puking in the bathroom and you'd like hold my hair or something. I would just like fully shut down. There was... Okay, back to the film. There was also a 2006 remake of this movie. Stop remaking the movies. Starring Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Love her. I do love her. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Messy, but love her. If you could, I know, Mm -hmm. we'll take that call in just a moment. If you could go back in time and date Margot Kidder, would you do it? No, but I would appreciate her from afar. If I was obviously back in my single days, of course, if I go back in time and date Margot Kidder, I would. And I'd probably call you all the time to complain about it. And I'm sure it would be crazy. Oh, it would for sure be crazy. Yeah. It'd be fun. And to the caller. KK Blakey, my beta Tau Sigma sisters. Hi. It's Madison. Um, I'm just calling because I wanted to tell you that I can't believe how much fun we had last night at that party. Like, I got so drunk and, like, I'm still bugging a little bit. But you know what? It's okay. Um, hold on. Hold, what? What the? F- Is there someone on the other line? What the fuck? Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review. It goes a long way towards getting us out there. If you didn't, feel free to argue with us on our socials. You can find us on Instagram at Bruvies underscore show. And rounding out our Margot Kidder run, next week we'll be watching Superman.